On Friday, the lawyers for the family of Honey and Barry Sherman will hold a news conference where it's expected that they'll update the media on the investigation into what is, I think, safely one of the most shocking murders that we have seen, not just in the city, but in the country. And it's been about nine months since the couple was found killed in their Toronto home, both found tied up, dead in the pool area. And you'll recall at the time that police kind of came, they came out very quickly that night and pretty much said nothing to worry about here, no public safety concerns, and quickly declared that it was a murder-suicide. And despite cries and protests from the kids, who said there is absolutely no way that could have happened, that theory played for quite a while, almost a month. So the family hired their own team of private investigators, lawyers, and they got their own pathologist and started looking into the case on their own. And it was that team that would declare it is not a murder-suicide. In fact, it was a double murder. And then the Toronto police would also have a change of thought on the original ruling. But no one knows what's going to be said on Friday, but you can absolutely bet it will be watched right around the world. Let's bring in Dave Perry, who is CEO over at Investigative Solutions at Network Incorporated. Also uh, has a 28-year career at one point with the Toronto police. So he's done a lot of work on homicides. Hello there, sir. Hi, Alex. All right. Uh, I know you can't speculate, but I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to speculate. Do you get the sense that we will hear uh, that they have possibly solved this, or do you get the sense that we're just going to get an update as to where things stand now? I would suspect we're going to get an update. I I quite frankly don't know how they could possibly solve this. Um, You know, it takes police officers, homicide investigators to track down witnesses and to do all the things that need to be done in terms of production orders, search warrants, you know, seizing of evidence, all of those kinds of things. So I'm going to guess that they're going to present a theory or that they're going to present potential suspects. They might not name them, but they'll part of their theory. They might actually say that they've got some people in mind that might be responsible. But uh, it'll it'll be interesting for sure. What kind of problem uh, does this pose for the Toronto police? Like if you were working homicide now with Toronto police and you knew this uh, this this kind of, um, you know, update was being held very you know, public and essentially undermining the work of the Toronto police, how would they be feeling right now? My guess is that they're not happy. I, I certainly wouldn't be happy if back in, in my days when I worked at Homicide, if there was a team like this put together and they were um, second-guessing the investigation and getting out in front of an, an active homicide investigation and, and talking about the case and the way it's been talked about. And again, we'll have to wait and hear what they have to say for Friday, but it's it's certainly highly unusual, and it's, uh, and I'll just say it, it's something that I wouldn't participate in myself. So if you had been contacted by a personal family, you know, it doesn't even have to be the Shermans, would you not have taken a case like this? Well, you know, I have been contacted and retained by the victims' families of homicide and all kinds of other violent crimes, but I make it very clear that I'm not there to investigate uh, that particular crime, that I'll be there to help them with all kinds of other issues as a private investigator. And, you know, it could be anything from any security concerns they have. Uh, it could be just helping them through what we call the process that these uh, families have to go through in, in, in a support way. Perhaps, you know, some assistance with their communication with the, the homicide investigators. But I certainly, uh, personally, and it's just a personal choice, I wouldn't get involved in an an active homicide investigation. I, I just think that, you know, we need the, the police to be allowed the, the latitude and the time to do what they have to do. And 
I've, I've done lots of homicide reviews when a case is concluded. Uh, sometimes families, for obvious reasons, have a hard time understanding and or accepting what the police findings are. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem being retained and, and, and reviewing the case, but I, I'm very, uh, you know, transparent with clients and say that we, we tend to do a pretty good job here in, in Canada and especially in, in Ontario. We have, uh, you know, one of the most advanced homicide uh, teams, and that's that's in the GTA, not just Toronto Police. And we tend to do a really good job. So more often than not, and I would say 99% of the time when I review a case, I, I agree with the findings of the police. And if that helps the family, then I'm then I'm happy to do that. But to actually do a parallel investigation and hold a press conference and things like that, I'd, just me personally, I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. How much does it complicate? I mean, if you've got someone, st- you know, kind of looking over your shoulder and you know that they're doing the same kind of work that you're trying to do, how much does that, um, I don't know if it, the word is, you know, play with the minds of those who are investigating it, but how much, how does it complicate the investigation well, of a case? It's it's complicated because now you have two investigations and let's just say, for example, the police make an arrest mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they're they're preparing for court. Well, mm-hmm. potentially everybody that's involved in the parallel investigation through the private team and uh, through Brian Greenspan's office, uh, they're, they're all, uh, you know, potentially could be subpoenaed as witnesses. Right. And a defense, a, a defense team for whoever it is that may be arrested could use, uh, you know, their theories and, and their information to actually defend the person that the police has arrested. So I, I find it problematic. Well, I think, yeah, because I think if you're the defense lawyer, um, you know, let's say they make an arrest, I'd be saying get rid of that evidence. I'd be asking for everything to be thrown out because, you know, um, I wouldn't be able to trust that the evidence they got would be tainted. So how problematic is it then uh, for the Crown to proceed with a case if, in fact, it's got two different investigations that have been submitted? Yeah, this will be an interesting one. I've never seen it before. Um I've never seen somebody do an active parallel homicide investigation with a private team and and disagree with the you know let's just say the initial announcement and they weren't conclusive findings of the police but uh, you know there was information about you know what the original officers that attended thought might have happened and that was uh, changed at some point and we now know that the police the homicide squad and announced at some point that it was they were looking at a double murder um, so. You know, it's it's very complicating to have somebody um, getting out in front of the actual people who are supposed to be responsible for solving this and, you know, publicly stating theories and, um, you know, doing a parallel investigation. So, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to hear what they have to say and probably would have a lot more to say about this once I do hear what they have to say. But uh, it's problematic and you know, I still have a lot of uh, friends and colleagues in, in the Toronto Police, and there's, there, there's a lot of police officers talking about this, and I, I don't think there's one of them that doesn't agree that it's, it's problematic and uh, and it could cause some issues uh, going forward if there's an arrest made. Sorry, i got to turn my mic back on. Uh, wh- I mean, one of the, the challenges with this case is the fact that, you know, uh, they had come out fairly almost immediately and ruled it a murder-suicide. And and the first couple of days in any kind of investigation are the most important. So is it is it fair to say that the Toronto Police lost about a month of the investigation, and how would that have affected the case? No, I don't think they lost a month. I think, you know, the homicide squad um, got brought in when um, the investigators started to realize that there may be more to this. And uh, I, I don't think they lost a month. They 
they may have lost a day or, or two days, but I can only speculate, but I'm, I've been there and I, I'm guessing there was an awful lot of uh, communication going on in police headquarters. And there was uh, a high level of monitoring in those early hours and days by, by the homicide squad, probably an awful lot of direction. And whenever that decision was made for them to take over, they took over. Um, you know, they had the scene. The evidence not, is not going to change, provided that the scene was protected properly, and it probably was. And, you know, they can still examine all the evidence as, as they would have if they'd have showed up hour one or day one or day two or whatever. So I don't think there's there's really anything lost in, in all of that, uh, except that maybe um, it made the public start to wonder what was going on when you've got the police saying one thing, you've got a private team mm-hmm. quickly saying something else and then eventually the the police come out and, and announce that they've changed and you know we shouldn't take too much in that, that that's that's what happens and that, that's why sometimes uh, the police are so reluctant to say anything because things do change um, you know I, I reviewed a case years ago that was ruled not a homicide and the family couldn't accept it and they couldn't accept it because quite appropriately the officers investigating on the night of the this let's call it a sudden death um they said that they were suspicious about the circumstances of the death and and they should have been and by but by saying that to the family you could never get the family to change their mind so i got retained to review the case and i was able to sit with the family and with the officers and and say not only do i agree with the officers findings but i think they went above and beyond and uh you know if if if, uh something happened to somebody in my family that i'd be very uh, comfortable in having these particular investigators, uh, you know, manage the case because they did an excellent job, and that that brought some closure for the family and helped them come together. So, you know, it's just my opinion, and my opinion might not uh, mean something to some people, and and in particular this private team that's put together. But that's that's where I see in the private world where our role is, and uh, you know, unless uh, there was some something truly extraordinary, I can't see getting involved in an active homicide investigation unless there was some agreement uh, with the police and there was some uh, active role or participation that we could do as a private firm to to assist them. I certainly wouldn't be uh, doing a parallel investigation. Is this uh, case solvable in your your opinion? I think it is. Um, It's challenging, but I I think it's solvable. Um, It's challenging because there's an international scope that has to be looked into, correct? Well, not just the international scope, but the the layers, right? The yeah. complexities and the things that you know we don't know for sure, but we've heard, you know, with you know the number of potential enemies to, um, especially Barry Sherman mm-hmm. and you know all of his business dealings and transactions. So you know the list of let's just just call it persons of interest that the police would be thinking about and having to work towards to clear and hopefully get to the right person eventually is, is probably a fairly significant list, and it's. It's complex and it's complicated, and even the manner and mechanism that we heard publicly about the condition uh, that they were found and and uh, some of the theories about how they were actually uh, killed and so on, that's just a, a whole different layer of complexities. But, uh, you know, clearly um, the Toronto Police are working hard on it. They're, this thing is shut down uh, completely in terms of information coming out of headquarters. Yeah. And I think that's appropriate given all the sensitivities and all the things that happened at the beginning. But, you know, I, I have a lot of faith. I, I think that the uh, investigators are working diligently behind the scenes. They're not speaking publicly, and that's based on what happened, probably the most uh, appropriate way to do this. And hopefully at some at some point uh, it'll be the 
homicide squad that's going to step forward and, and uh, tell the public that they've uh, come to a conclusion and they've made an arrest. That's, uh, that's what the hope is. Yeah, well, it's been a, a fascinating case, no question. People will be watching. I suspect you will be watching for updates on I Friday. I certainly will. So. I wouldn't miss this one. Yeah, well, we'll see what they say. And and I we should point out, I, I don't recall ever a time when the Toronto police had as many massive ongoing investigations as they do right now. I remember having a conversation with them and wondering how they were keeping up, and then we had the horrible event on Young Street, yeah, which then fell under the, the mandate of the Homicide Squad and, and you know, the MacArthur case yep. and and the Sherman case and so on. You're right. I, I don't recall a time when there were so many complex, high-profile cases within the city of Toronto. And, uh, you know, we're edging up to 90 homicides yep. for 2018 and, you know, potentially we'll go past 100 if uh, if the violence continues on the streets the way it is. And I have no reason to think that it, that's going to change right away. So uh, it's, a, it's a record year for homicides. I don't mean it's set the actual record, but it's certainly well above the average of about 65 homicides a year, and we're probably going to see 100 or more this year. So they are one busy, busy unit, and uh, it, it truly makes me wonder how they're keeping up. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we'll stay tuned. I thank you so much for your insight, sir. Yeah, my pleasure. Look forward to the next one. For sure. Dave Perry joining me now tonight. Thanks, and we will, of course, watch uh, what happens on Friday. This is one of those cases that uh, you just know.